Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, what's up? I'm Shira, and we actually do have a Ryan here. It's not Ryan Mitchell. Uh, he is out, but Ryan Basham is filling in for him again. I mean, you could say I'm Ryan B. Ryan B. Oh, my God. We have... Oh, I was going to say the junior and the senior, but I uh, guess... No we, no, we don't do that. We, don't, we, we, don't. we shouldn't do no. that. <laughs> Uh, again, Ryan Basham is a political analyst, has worked for the Biden campaign, you know, and now is a broadcaster extraordinaire. I mean, I you know, I'm a chameleon. I have a million talents. You seem to have a lot <laughs> well, of I'm talents. A, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Multi-hyphenate? Multi I was going to say, uh, you know, something of talents, master of none. What's that phrase? It doesn't matter. Oh, yes. Whatever. I totally know that phrase. <laughs> How have you been? Anything big happened in your life? Oh, you know, I, uh, I took the whole day off to watch the primaries come in yesterday and Boy, was it exciting. I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, my God. Do you have like a drink with you? Popcorn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, oh. I I mean, popcorn, like a, a margarita. Fun, it's pretty great. Yeah. We, we were just talking about the news. We sometimes don't get to sit back and actually watch everything unfold all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll be talking more about that in 15 minutes with you. Also, at 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern, because we hang out with you for hours here. You know, that's how we roll we with music our, and all that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the latest around the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial today with a lawyer from uh, Insider, one of their legal analysts. So Mm. I'm excited to get a catch up on that. I don't know why, but I am. Um, And then, yeah, again, in uh, next hour, we're actually going to be talking about the fennel crisis here in America and, you know, what we all need to do around this. Just be Mm. aware. One, just don't do drugs, okay? (laughs) I feel like your mom. Don't do drugs. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. A federal judge struck down a Tennessee law yesterday that would have required businesses in the state to post warning notices on their public restrooms if they have policies allowing trans patrons to use the facilities that match their gender identities. The ACLU actually challenged the law in June on behalf of two business owners. And uh, now that is, you know, is ending. So really good that at least the federal judge decided to do the right thing. Yes. Always surprised these days when that happens. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. Right. Now, moving on to the House Judiciary Committee, who held a hearing today on abortion access as the nation waits a final decision from the Supreme Court in a case that could result in overturning Roe v. Wade. And the men had a lot of questions around this to watch them and what happened here. All right. So the recount, I need a preface, has some great videos Um, you know, mashups of all these um, 
all these different hearings and moments in the news. So here is one of those. Otherwise, can you tell me what a woman is? Yes, I'm telling you, I'm a woman. Is that as, as, a, as comprehensive a definition as you can give me? My body, my choice. The baby is not the body of the woman that it's inside of. Abortion care? Who's being taken care of there? Well, are you familiar with uh, premature babies, pre- preemies? Of course, yes. Yeah. If a child is halfway delivered out of the birth canal, would you support the right for an abortion then? Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Birth control oh, is it's actually a consequence of the lack of birth control. Planned parenthood, it's, it's the lack of planning. Okay, those are some highlights. I'm so mad just sitting here. <laughs> It was awkward. Yeah. It's just so, yeah, you could see the women who were um, uh, testifying. They were just like rolling their eyes and just like, am I really being asked this right now? And I've got to wonder if those old dudes even feel their eyes rolling at at them. Like, did they even notice? they know. And they're like, that's just because you can't answer the questions because I'm, I'm right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, the federal government started taking orders Monday for a third round of COVID-19 test kits to be mailed to any U.S. household. A Department of Health and Human Services website said that all U.S. households were eligible to order the third round of tests. Each order now contains eight rapid antigen tests, and uh, previously four tests were sent out at a time. So the White House announced the new eligibility yesterday. Actually, it said that in total, about 350 million tests have been delivered by mail in the program. Did you get tests through the government site? I have gotten them every round, and I the moment you I read did, that article, ordered? I ordered my next You're round. You're so smart. I'm just, I feel like I'm lazy, because I'll just be like, yeah, I'm going to write eight or something. I mean, totally, but it's good to have as a backup. No, you know? I, I agree. It takes two minutes, Shira. I know. What's wrong with me? Well, how long do you have? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Ooh, it's time for the tea report. Okay, so I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm a big fan of The Music Man. It's one of my favorite old school musicals, and the news is... Disputed reports that Justin Timberlake will be taking over for Hugh Jackman in the lead here soon. It is disputed, but the producers have been dropping those hints. Um, Justin Timberlake has done a lot of things. This, by the way, this is exclusive to page uh, to page six. Okay. Timberlake has done. He sold 88 million records. He starred in movies and all that stuff, but he's never appeared on Broadway. Um, so you know, this would be a, another feather in his cap. I'm sure he would kill it. Um, the uh, the Music Man was meant to open on in 2020, but the pandemic hit, and so they delayed it. And now it's they're selling a whole bunch of tickets. Now they're selling tickets, standing room only tickets for seventy six dollars. This show is like wildfire on Broadway. That's amazing. And Justin Timberlake might be in it. So then, what's going to happen is they're going to be teenagers in the you know coming to see this show, but they're going to have their posters and like screaming for Justin Timberlake right in the middle of you know seventy six trombones. I I mean I'd be down. I do love Hugh Jackman though. Yes. You know, he is like, he's just iconic. He could do anything, I feel. A hundred percent. He'd do no wrong. Yes. So we'll be seeing some sexy back on Broadway. (laughs) Maybe some sexy front. (laughs) That's another one. (laughs) Next up, uh, all about the primaries last night. What you need to know. But first, we're doing a giveaway. Oh my gosh, it's a giveaway. Uh, so you may or may not have heard, but tomorrow night is the night. So Channel Q presents our second annual Divas in the Desert Ooh. concert. You might have heard Tell It to My Heart come in before this uh, this hour because uh, starring uh, the headliner is the Tell It to My Heart diva, the one and only Taylor Dane. So again, it's uh, it's tomorrow night, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa, just outside of Palm Springs. Um, 
Um, this Divas in the Desert is our fundraising event benefiting DAP Health and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. It's going to be so much fun. Drag performances. Our own Michaela Gordon will be doing original music. And, of course, Taylor Dane. Tickets are on sale now at wearechannelq.com. But right now we're giving away some tickets. So if you're going to be in the Palm Springs area tomorrow night and you want two free tickets, um, give us a buzz. We're going to take caller number five and give them two free tickets. That number yes. is 833-77-CALL-Q. Again, that's 833-772-2557. Caller number five. We're waiting for you. In the meantime, uh, we're going to be catching you up, getting you informed about the primaries last night, the big wins, and a doctor who I can't believe is going to be officially moving into politics after this. I think we, yes. Okay, stick around. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Primary races happened in five states last night, including some battlegrounds. So who won and what did we learn and how will it inform the midterms, the rest of the midterms? Ooh, these are some great topics. I know. And back with us, Ryan Basham, political analyst who's the co-host today, but also a political expert. I'm, so. I'm, I'm doing double duty. Throwing which means you in. I'm getting paid twice as much. Exactly. You know. <laughs> um, just double the zeros. Um, so, uh, you know, this was a really interesting night. I thought, um, I thought that the one thing that happened that really surprised me was, you know, I really thought that the... Um, that the fact that Dr. Oz just does not, like, you know, read, smell, look like a, you know, typical Pennsylvanian, like he's not a salt-of-the-earth kind of local, that he would really be uh, rejected by the electorate. And that was some of the prevailing wisdom among the pundit class. But I think because uh, Donald Trump endorsed him and he wasn't just too unpalatable, uh, that's why he's neck and neck right now and uh, that race is still too close to call. So, um, you know, on the other side, though, um, you know, uh, the Democratic side in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, I mean, he... Yeah, the guy, I mean, honestly, I'll be real. Um, that I got introduced to him last week when we were talking about it. Yeah. And then he kept on popping up everywhere in my feed. Mm-hmm. And I even got an email from him while I was in the bathroom in the break. <laughs> Somehow I got on that list. <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is, I mean, that's where I get the, you know, looks, smells, you know, walks, talks like a local Pennsylvanian because he is just like, you know, the guy next door in Pennsylvania. Yeah. He wears, you know, basketball shorts around town, you know, even when he's doing official duty as lieutenant governor. I mean, he's just, um, he's a, a really uh, honest, earnest guy and I think that's why he sailed to victory um, despite you know Pennsylvania's not a super progressive state but he's a super progressive candidate and I think um, policy matters less than whether or not people relate to you um, and barring an endorsement from Donald Trump I think that's how you win elections I think you know people want to make it about can a progressive win in a moderate state or and so on and so forth I think those things matter less than do the people voting feel like they you know, want to get a beer with you. It's like, do they trust you? Do they trust you? Do they believe you when you say things? Yep. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Representative Madison Cawthorn, <sighs> who has had a bit of an interesting uh, journey recently. He sure has. Like it, he was uh, a rising star in the Republican, mm-hmm. uh, in the, like as part of the GOP, the youngest person that would have been elected, right? Yes. Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, I think he was the youngest. Uh, a person elected to to the house in in a huge number of years. Uh, I can't remember how how many, but it, he was he was uh, you know uh, rel- he was a mover and shaker. He was making a lot of waves. He was noteworthy for a lot of reasons. Um, and uh, but you know his antics got to be too much. He started taking he started going to the airport with a loaded gun in his bag on purpose to get news. Um, 
you know, I mean, he st- he's made all these wild accusations about his colleagues going to orgies. And, you know, well, do the- you really not believe that? Uh, I will say Republicans on the Capitol not having orgies. All his antics that they ignored, but that was the thing that they really made a fuss about. Either means that it's true, or all their wives were really pissed, or both. Totally. And then like all these videos and stories came out about him. Oh yeah, like me in and the, the other and stuff. yeah, me and the other Ryan kept on saying like they definitely were so peed off that they were just dragging him down. Yeah. After that, yeah. And it's you know important to note you know Republicans almost never uh, try to take down one of their own, especially if it. If the they're you know either going to be endorsed by Donald Trump yeah. or and he did get a late in the game endorsement from Donald Trump but at the end of the day he lost his primary so you know um and I heard actually not only did he lose his primary I heard that his election night party was pitiful like there were a couple dozen people there and half of them were the media like it's it's sad I think that is sad as much as I don't like him I still think it's sad yeah you know who also lost Clay Aiken? I don't know. I'm just going to the big names. Clay Aiken was running. Did you know that? <laughs> He's run. I think this He's, is the second or third he, time running. Yes, I think second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I never expected him to win anything, so I haven't paid attention to that race at all. I mean, look. I just happened to cover it because, like, for an LGBTQ news story when he announced. Yeah. 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 Well, also, you know, lots of uh, queer people run lost their primaries in Pennsylvania. Actually, Malcolm Kenyatta. Um, uh, Sean Malloy, um, lots of people. Um, and so, you know, these are, the, you got to be running, you got to in some way be familiar to the place you're yeah. running in. Did we see any themes here that will give an indication as to what's expected as we continue the election cycle? I think it's going to be more of, um, more likely than not, a Trump endorsement means a winner on the Republican side, uh, although it's not a, a sure thing uh, that like he would like us to think. And I think on the Democratic side, there's going to be the perennial um battle between progressive and moderate. Um, but at the end of the day, the people who are most approachable, most likable by the people in the district there that are voting for them, which is why I don't think a queer person could win in Clay Aiken's district um, because they're too homophobic. Um, I think that's going to be what wins on the Democratic side. Okay, well, that was a little recap of the primaries. Thank you, Ryan Basham, for that. And currently, the House is holding a hearing around abortion access as we all wait. Uh, you know, whether Roe v. Wade, Wade will be overturned, we shall see. But what went down was just, I don't know. It's all very confusing it's and a troubling. Whole thing. Exactly. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, the House Judiciary Committee is holding a hearing today on abortion access as we all await the final decision from the Supreme Court in a case that could result in overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, there are so many videos coming out of this um, that are really awkward of just people asking really tone deaf questions. And I guess I get it. That's what they, they need to ask questions, you know, and typically the Republicans and the men asking questions of the uh, the doctors that are taking the stand um, and the individuals that they had there. But here's just one moment which kind of encompasses a lot of that awkwardness. Here's Representative Mike Johnson at the abortion access meeting. Let me ask you, you, let me ask you, do you support the right of a woman who is just seconds away from birthing a healthy child to have an abortion? I think that the question that you're asking asking does not realistically reflect abortion care. In that scenario, would you would you support her right to abort that child? I won't entertain theoreticals. It's not a theoretical, ma'am. You're a medical doctor. I am a medical doctor and that has never happened. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's just like, how are you supposed to (laughs) answer these types of questions i mean uh and everyone is in it with their own 
motivation here, it seems, obviously. Yeah, you know, I mean, we were talking on the break about what we could play that wasn't too triggering because I really because because it's really just rough to hear what these uh, Republican mostly men are. Uh, and how they are asking questions of of the witnesses in in this hearing. I mean, their job, at least from their point of view, is to get, to get a gotcha on these witnesses. Exactly, and so their yeah. staff were putting together questions and coaching them on how to be as rough with these witnesses as they could. Um, but I think it's really important that people hear how they are treating, you know, like this this woman who's an OBGYN, for instance, how they were, I think she, she's an OBGYN, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, a board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Yashika Robinson, um, and a board mem- member for... Uh, physicians for reproductive health. So obviously, an expert in the field. Yeah, been doing this. yeah. She's she's an expert in the field, and um, you know they. Here's the thing: um, most Americans support um, access to abortion. Um, however, Republicans need to gin up the minority of people who are against abortion in this country in order to get them out to vote. So so it's you've got to understand that the the politics around a woman's access to reproductive care um and this isn't just about abortions it's about um birth control um uh and uh all you know whether or not um tampons are taxed i mean all these things It's all connected. It's all connected yeah. in more ways than most people realize. One of those dominoes falls and the rest come with it. Um but the politics around this is really leveraging um, a minority of people's disdain for abortion in order to get into elected office and attain and retain elected office at the expense of women who die when they get unsafe, um, uh, you know, back alley abortions. I mean, that's just what happens. You know, making it illegal doesn't make it go away. It just makes it go underground. Definitely. And uh, one of the witnesses, actually, um, Goodwin, um, it, Michelle Bratcher Goodwin, a Chancellor's Law professor at the University of California, Irvine, uh, really uh, said a very powerful thing. She said the Supreme Court has never gone back to, in fact, revoke what has been freedoms that have been well articulated and established in the Constitution and also by the Supreme Court. And she said that, that poor women and women of color, as you mentioned, like would suffer the most from such a decision. Absolutely. Make no mistake. These these electeds who are giving um, these uh, abortion uh, rights um, activists and medical professionals a hard time, their daughters and wives and the women in their circles are not as impacted because they can just get on a plane and go somewhere where an abortion is legal if they want to get one. Uh, poor people um, are and as people of color are more likely to be uh, impacted by this too. And queer people who are able to give birth are likely more than more likely than those women to be in a situation where they may have an unwanted or uh, an unsafe pregnancy and have no way to do anything about that. Um, it's really really tragic. But you know. Prepare, you know, there, a lot is being made of um, how people just don't really think this is going to happen. It is going to happen. The Supreme Court is going to take this right away. It's a done deal, and we get to decide as Americans if we're going to let that happen, if we're going to take it, you know, lying down. Yeah, a lot of the Republicans are also using the time, it seems, to say that Democrats and activists are trying to uh, strong arm the Supreme Court, bully and intimidate the court. Is that even fair to say? Everybody always says that about the opposing side when their activists come out and make a demonstration. You know, the same thing is was true on uh, same sex marriage. You know, conservatives were saying the same and, you know, they were saying the same kind of things about the folks who organized outside the Supreme Court in advance of the Mm -hmm. uh, announcement of that decision. So, you know, they're just playing, you know, petty 
you know, political football politics by doing that. The, the reality is they've spent decades building to this by, you know, leveraging people like Mitch McConnell in the Congress to build out a judiciary that would make it so that this could happen. And that is why if you vote for Republicans, you need to understand that what part of what you're buying is a long term strategy to chip away at the rights of women. Queer people, yeah. people of color, poor people. That's their goal. And it's stated. It's obvious. This is not like a conspiracy theory. This is what they do. They have meet their entire organizations dedicated to orchestrating this. Yeah, you can't just say, like, I'm a financial Republican, like, meaning, like, I just want to be taxed less and blah, blah, blah. You are inherently connecting yourself to all this type of stuff. And you should know that in voting that way. Absolutely. If you vote for this is just how it is. And and people don't like when I say this, but it's true. If you vote for a Republican, you can't say, oh, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative. I like small government, but I like my gay friends, but I support my, uh, my, you know, girlfriend's wife, right to choose, whatever you are. It's all or nothing. That's just how it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not in a situation where you have options. Uh, you can't just pick, you know, go to the buffet of Republicanism and decide which things you are cool with and which things you aren't. That's just how it is. So a final decision in the case uh, which involved a Mississippi law banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy is actually expected to be handed down by the end of June or early July. So very soon we're going to be having an answer to this. Yeah. And I would say make your plans now so that the moment this happens, you know how you're going to take action. And I don't just mean protest and march, but do. But I also mean, you know, who are you going to help get elected or who are you going to help stay in the Senate that's up for election this year so that they don't elect more uh, conservative Supreme Court or uh, appoint more support Supreme Court justices? What are you going to do to to circumvent this, to to right this wrong against women? This is terrifying. Like midsummer, like this in a month, our lives could be changed. Yeah. And we get to decide right now. This is an inflection yeah. point. We get to decide now if The Handmaid's Tale comes true. Huh. What all we right. do now matters. Well, um, next up on the show, where do we go from here? Um, a working class California county that has the most expensive gas in the nation. Can you guess what it is? We'll reveal that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello, we're back. Hope you're enjoying that great music here on Channel Q. Right now, we're getting into more show. Yes, I'm Shira, and we got Orion in the house. Orion. Not Orion. One of the many. A Ryan. Uh, she Ryan. went to the Ryan store and exchanged Ryan Mitchell for me. <laughs> yes, Ryan Basham joins us filling in for the Slay God today. Thanks as always. We love having you. Oh, it's great to be here. I particularly love having Ryan. I'll keep saying this. This might be redundant because, like, when we have stories that are heavier, like more politically. Uh, politicals, politically centric, is that a word? Um, you know, I know about things. I am that person at a lot of my dinner tables that are telling people what's up. Yeah. Because I'm following every day, but I'm not as deep as you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, like, please don't compare yourself. To, I'm unusually steeped in this stuff. I, so don't think that because I seem to know all these. By the way, nobody knows everything. So definitely I don't. Um, but you can't, you know, don't. Com- and as long as you try to know a little bit of something and talk about it, that's all that really matters. Yeah. I just know what's morally right and wrong. Okay. So you do have all the answers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, lots coming up on the show. Uh, the fentanyl crisis that's happening, we uh, saw uh, the dealer that gave Mac Miller his drugs that he overdosed on being sentenced, and, and now more coming out. And you have a clip, actually, you're going to be talking about a celebrity speaking out about her experience with fentanyl in a moment from yeah. the Red Table Talk, so stick around for that. Also, I, at 440, 4.45, 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern, we're going to give you the recap of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. 
Everything you need to know. I'm telling you, like, I have to stop myself from reading all that stuff because it's like, it is crazy. Mm. And then I just feel weird, you know, following it's icky. it all. It's it icky. is icky. Okay. Let's get into some what's trending this hour. Britain's Royal Mint revealed a special new commemorative rainbow colored 50 pence coin mm. today as a tribute to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Pride UK movement. The coin was designed by East London artist and LGBTQ activist Dominique Holmes and use a state-of-the-art printing tech to emboss it with the colors of the Pride Progress flag. That's so cool. Isn't that cute? I want one. I kind of yeah. casually collect foreign currency. Oh. So I might have to go to... That'll be my next excuse for a trip to the exactly. UK. Exactly, or order it, I guess. I don't know if it's possible. No, I want to go and get Does it. Does want to get it for you? Yeah. <laughs> also today, the average cost of a gallon of regular gas in L.A. reached $6.08. It's uh, an increase of 2.3 cents overnight, breaking a record set earlier this year, according to the latest data from AAA. But actually, it's one small L.A. county breaking records uh, right now for actually the whole country, Mono County, a county of 13,000 people or so in a working class community having to pay $7. Why? Maybe they're remote, like so far. Yeah, that's true. I actually don't know where Mono County is. I think it's upper... I think it's like Northern California, but like close to Nevada or something. It's uh, East Central portion of California. East Central? Okay, well. So I, you know what? I know my Southern California geography. I'm a bad Californian. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's well. I feel bad because they don't have any choices. Like, what do you, what do, you do? And you're probably not making a lot of money. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, come on. Wow. All right. Now, Mark Cuban is supporting Biden's proposal to forgive $10,000 in student debt per borrower as long as ridiculous tuition fees are addressed alongside it. The entrepreneur told Insider that he's in favor of this proposal, and that's a reversal from his previous position, saying cancellation bails out higher ed institutions. I mean, higher ed institutions need some more financial support because they have to charge students so much just to keep the doors open. That's the problem. If we mm-hmm. if we funded higher ed in the first place the way that, you know, virtually every other industrialized country does, then this wouldn't be an issue. Too many things to do at once. I think we're already so in deep on so many things. It's like <laughs> hard to unravel, unfortunately, right? Yes, it is. Well, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Well, so um, we're going to talk a lot this hour about um, about the fentanyl crisis. And uh, in the T-Report, you know, I want to share with you, um, Kate Quigley uh, is finally speaking out about uh, her fentanyl poisoning on the Red Table Talk. They shared a clip um, of, uh, of the Red Table Talk with people. And so we're going to share that with you now. But I thought like they were asleep. I went to stand. And that's when I really realized. Yeah. And I started to get scared. I started to say, hey, Rico, Rico. I just thought he fell asleep. He even still had like the guitar. He was holding a guitar in his hands. It never crossed my mind he was dead because he didn't look dead. I couldn't see Fu and Natalie because my head was on the floor and they were up on a couch around the corner. And so I called my uncle. I still thought Rico was okay until I threw a shoe at the door next to him and he didn't wake up. Ugh. I started to panic. Oh, right. That's, That's so much. crazy. Yeah. I, Kate, you know, is a, a comedian who's, whose star's been on the rise, um, but she, you know, obviously made waves as being the only person to survive that night. Um, she's been through a lot as a result, and so she decided to go on Red Table Talk to talk about it, and that's airing uh, tonight, actually, I believe. Um, so, you know... I know Kate personally. I've known her for a long time. I got to tell you, like, she is one of the most kind, generous, sweet, loving people I've ever met. Um, So it's awful this happened to her, but I hope that uh, people will treat her with grace. 
it's just wild. Like imagine having been in that situation, lost all your friends, and like you made it out. I don't know. Yeah, it's and people really have not sad. always been kind to her about making it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, next up, uh, the the crazy number that we've reached in terms of COVID nineteen te- deaths here in the U S. We're reflecting back with Dr. James Simmons about that, and again, we're going to be talking more about the fentanyl crisis happening here in the U S. After this, let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Welcome back and stick around as always for more music here on Channel Q. We've got more show for you. I'm Shira and Ryan Basham is here with me filling in for Ryan Mitchell. Yeah, you know, he's basically my brother. (laughs) It feels that you guys are like twins, doppelgangers. Oh, yeah. We swap out for people confuse us all the time. (laughs) Uh, Well, we love having you here today and appreciate you filling in and jumping in. Thanks for having me. I know I was only your fifth choice, but I'm glad one through four were busy. (laughs) Wow, you're you're a political analyst and a comedy guy. I can't help it. I'm just funny. I mean, yeah, that's true. Is it, this is what you bring to uh, the campaigns you work on. Oh, yeah. Like Biden. That's how I diffuse Did you the... create malarkey? Malarkey, whatever it's called? No, that's his. Although I, ha- I did make lots of comedy on Slack channels during the campaign. Cute. I don't know if it was to anybody's chagrin, but people did laugh. Okay. Well, coming up in 30 minutes, we are catching up on the Depp Heard trial with our legal analyst from Insider. Mm. All the scoop you need so you don't need to waste your time reading about it later today. You know, uh, apparently Americans care more about that than they do the war, the pandemic, baby formula. So was that an Elon Musk? Axios uh, uh, revealed that. Anyway, and also in the T report, Nick Cannon did something so that he can stop having babies. <laughs> this is a really unique thing. Uh, <laughs> it's game changing. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Selena Gomez kicked off the first ever mental health youth action forum with First Lady Jill Biden today. And here's what she had to share. Uh, one second. We're about to play that. She actually seemed a bit nervous as well. Aw. She's very sweet. I, I I love this. It just happened, so we literally pulling it right off yeah, the internet so to share it. with you. It's right, so worth second. it. For their age, their race, I want to ensure that everyone, no matter their age, their race, religion, sexual orientation, have access to services that support their mental health. And I want to challenge other businesses and individuals to make a difference in the world by taking action to destigmatize mental health. We need as much help as we can possibly get. Developing resources and services and increasing access to those services for young people. And that is what the Mental Health Youth Action Forum is all about. So I want to So sure congrats again to uh, Gomez for that. And actually, she recently launched her own platform around mental health. I just love that she's an advocate for mental health. Yeah, it's called Wondermind. Wondermind.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Big fan. Now, President Biden invoked the Defense Production Act to address the nationwide shortage of baby formula. The announcement means that the federal government will prioritize those key ingredients for formula production and force suppliers to provide the needed resources to formula manufacturers ahead of other customers ordering those goods. So basically, uh, they're forcing them to do what they want them to do, which is just get their act in order to get this back to people. Yeah, the problem is that there's a supply chain up the chain, there are issues. And so he's forcing, basically using a lot of force manufacturers to make what baby formula manufacturers need first and give it to them first. Do they give them money to do that? Yeah, 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 they get paid Fairly-ish, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, they don't have a choice. And the last time we saw them do this was for the pandemic. Uh, former President Donald Trump invoked it as well. He did more than once. Uh, once so that uh, workers at a pork plant couldn't sue if they got COVID. 
which was not cool. But then he did use it, I think, for uh, some PPE and ventilators and stuff as well. Right. Also, the Biden administration is warning uh, people that without additional funding from Congress, the U.S. will not be able to purchase essential vaccines, treatments and tests for a potential surge in covid cases in the fall. The plea came during the first White House covid response team briefing in more than a month. And as cases and hospitalizations are once again rising nationwide, I I feel like something's coming. And I'll tell you, and I would love your thoughts as we wrap up this part of the segment. But. I'm worried that because of this, they're going to ask for more money. And then Congress, the right's going to be like, you shouldn't have given that money to Ukraine. Maybe I'd give all that money to Ukraine. We'd be able to take care of our own country. Yeah, and actually, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who is up for re-election this year, is uh, is kind of the principal instigator in that, in making the government choose. You know, he doesn't want us to spend money on anything outside of America, including the war in Ukraine. Um, but yeah, you know, in this case, I think the Republicans in Congress want to stop spending money on COVID. They think we've already spent too much. And so he's trying to get enough Republicans in the Senate to allow a bill uh, that would spend more money on COVID to go through. That's basically what's happening, because it takes... 60 votes, not 50 votes in the Senate to get something through. And you need at least, I think, uh, well, nine to 10 Dem- or Republicans to go with it. So, All right. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Ooh, it's time for the tea report. I love that I talk about politics elsewhere and I get to talk about pop culture here. Right. So uh, this That's is- true. <laughs> You're so um, versatile. I can't help it. Um, it's why I'm so popular. Um, uh, so Nick Cannon has admitted that he has had a vasectomy consultation so he won't, quote, populate the earth. So he's already a father to seven kids, soon to be eight. Um, by the way, all of his kids are under the age of 10. Four of them are under the age of one. Um, and of course, he did ha- tragically Four lose a kid last year. Four of them are under the age of one. That's right. Um, and so uh, <laughs> so he hasn't done it yet, but he's had the consultation. Um, and uh, and he shared this with E! News uh, Daily Pop uh, yesterday, I think. And so, so you can look in the coming weeks to hear about whether or not he got the snip snip downstairs, I guess. I hope so, for the sake of, I don't know, a lot of people that will be in therapy. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. Future. I have to say, though, he's been through a lot in his life, and he really cares. Totally. I mean, he's a lot of kids, but I, he's he not really a bad cares guy. About, yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. No, he's a, a really good person who and happens to be yeah. very fertile. Oh, fertile. Yeah. And obviously uh, likes to be distracted. I mean, who doesn't? Right. What? Okay. Uh, coming up next, the app that wants you to post your truth, how they're looking for you to do that. And is it ever possible to really be truly authentic on social media and mm. the internet? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Is it possible to be authentic on the internet and social media? Um, it seems like one app thinks it's possible. There's a new social media app called Be Real, and they're encouraging you to post your truth, like literally a moment in your life. This is actually a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. I discovered this. Shout out to um, this writer, Terry Nugent, Nguyen on Vox, who wrote about this. But basically, um, every day, users are prompted to snap a photo within a two-minute time frame, and the window to post remains open for a few hours. You can add a caption. Comment on a friend's day of post, interact through what they're calling real emojis or personalized uh, reaction photos. And when you post, then two feeds are unlocked. So you actually can't look at feeds, which encourages you also to be active because a lot of people lurk, right? Yeah, Um, I do. Yeah, once you post, two feeds are unlocked, one personalized with friends' posts, and one is that's a discovery feed, so you can discover new people and see strangers. And the feeds are updated once a day and posts expire once the alert is sent oh. off. So 
um, you put down your phones and you live your life. There's like only one thing to see and it's done. It's not like people could post multiple times. And I actually like this. This is kind of like um, a part of a new wave of anti-Instagram apps. Yes. Which I do think is needed. I've been. It's been a long time that Instagram has been around. Obviously, Snapchat, like... I haven't seen necessarily any new innovations. Like TikTok was the latest innovation. Mm -hmm. But that said, they didn't come out of nowhere. It came from a very uh, big company in China, right? So they fueled that. Yeah. But it's been hard to break through and get people to adopt something new in that way. And I wouldn't say NFTs are in the same realm, right? Like NFTs and that technology. Um, And then it's also to solve the issue of people just being on these apps for so long and then at a certain point it just feels like it's more curated and not as real anymore. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like it's impossible to know what's going to take off. Like, there was a point in time where nobody Googled everybody, ask Jeeves. You know, like, you never know. Oh, when my it, God. I remember that. Right? Remember, producer Jesse's too young to <laughs> remember ask Jeeves. It's <laughs> ask like Jeeves. a Google. Or like ICM chat. I mean, like, all these things that, like, you know, were the thing. Um, and so, you know, who knows if this is going to take off like an Instagram or TikTok, uh, but it would be cool if it did. I love the, and there's more than one app out there or brewing like this. So I kind of like the idea of um, using social media to connect people. If we, if multiple apps like it are out there and one of them sticks, that's better for our society than, you know, some of the lesser things about Instagram and Facebook that impact our society. Do you feel someone who is not necessarily like part of the younger demo? Hmm. You're like you're elder millennial like me, right? Yeah. I think I'm a bit older than you, a few years older. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you how many days, but oh, I don't whatever. think you want me to. Uh, but do you feel like your mental health is impacted or you feel like the need to keep up on these platforms? I mean, Twitter a bit less, but still now that it's starting to get used a bit more, it's just like, yeah, keep the keep up. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are three distinct groups of people that I engage with on each platform, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and it is too much. It absolutely is. Too, I don't know how to break out of it without compromising things I need in my life, like to keep up with certain people uh, for both personal and uh, professional reasons. I don't know um, what it would look like to not have that, but I do know that, I mean, I definitely experience body dysmorphia as a as a result of what Instagram shows me about all these beautiful, many of them gay men, um, although the all gay men deal with the unrealistic expectations we have of each other and our bodies um, in and out of Instagram. But um, I, it's, I mean, actually, in fact, there were two guys that I was kind of, I've been social media friends with for years, mm-hmm. kind of had a little flirtation, but you know, they in and out of relationships, never got to connect in real life. And then both of them happened to move across the country to the same place. And I was visiting a couple months ago and I finally got to meet both of them in person. And in both cases, um, I, as soon as I saw them, I was stopped in my tracks by how different they were than what I expected because oh, of my impressions of them on social media. It turned out who they were, not just physically, but you know, personality and everything, was much better. Oh, better. better. That's good. In both cases. But I made up a lot of stuff because of how much social media also leaves the other person to fill in the gaps. Totally. So here's the thing. I feel like I meet people in person, specifically, right? So I, I'll look at women on out and be like, oh my God, she's so hot and interesting and like cool and smart. <laughs> and then I'll meet someone in person. I'm like, you're not like that as cool as I thought you were on. Oh, yeah. And then the opposite. There's some women. I don't know why I'm like thinking of women, maybe because that's also like I notice guys, but I notice women because it's like we like, you know, we compare yes. ourselves to other people that Absolutely. are like us. And I'll see people that might be like, you know, 
cringy or not even on social media or just like maybe they're not doing social media like that because they're regular people Mm -hmm. and they're actually the most interesting people offline. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I notice. Yeah. It's like I'm not sure how we're supposed to vet someone's interestingness if we can't access their social media, you know? And that, but so that goes back to do you really think it's possible to be authentic and truly you? Is it always a curated version of who you are? It's always a curated version. I'm, I have a, a, a longtime friend who makes a big show of being her authentic self on social media. and, and writes Is that who long- she is? It's a version it's, of her. It's, it's who she is to be the person who overemphasizes their quote-unquote authenticity on social media. Isn't Ooh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she's not a I bad mean, person. I, 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 I play in that world, and sometimes it's good to have people around you, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a partner or a friend, not, not to always like show someone your post before you post it. Be like, is this okay? Yeah. But sometimes to actually like, call, I hate to say call you out, call you forth. <laughs> call you up. <laughs> call you up. <laughs> call you forward. <laughs> to be like, you, you're kind of trying too hard. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be saying your ex. Just be that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, be that. Yes. The thing that bugs me the most is when a beautiful person posts a revealing post and oh. pairs it with some inspirational thought that's, of the day. I think that's like me. You know, <laughs> I mean like... I think I did that. Wait, did I? Here's an excuse to show off my abs, by the way. Pretty much. Live, laugh, love. You I know? mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, just be real. Talk about what it is. Here one to show be you like, my abs. I look really hot and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I'd do me. Check it out. Like, that's what it should be. Oh, can we write these down? Because I'm going to use them as captions. <laughs> I'm going to write captions for you on your social media. You are in great shape, though. <laughs> this is a focus group. <laughs> All right, you're, and, and you will not be getting paid, no. Um, all right, coming up next, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is back this week. What we've learned so far, the new developments next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Well, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp defamation suit is back and a lot continuing to come out. Uh, today, we heard uh, and watched a handful of depositions, including some that were pre-taped. Uh, witnesses include uh, a friend of hers to an assistant to her sister. And so a lot still coming out from this case. And joining us is a uh, legal correspondent for The Insider who's been following this, Jacob Shamsian. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. Okay. So what is the latest? It's, it's, it is very difficult to keep up, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, huge day today. Uh, we have a lot more coming in from Amber Heard's side. She, she, she and her lawyers are still presenting their side of the case. So the big witness today was uh, Whitney Henriquez, who is Amber's sister, younger sister. Um, she lived uh, right next door in one of Johnny Depp's penthouse apartments in L.A. And, you know, was witness to a lot of stuff here. And she talked about, like, physically witnessing one of the fights between um, Johnny and Amber, where Johnny, like, did hit her. Um, you know, it was, a lot of people kind of said like, oh, we heard them fighting, overheard things, but I didn't actually see any violence. You know, Whitney said, like, I straight up saw, like, violence happening. So that's a really big deal. And then we have other people in Amber's circles who testified about always seeing fights, seeing bruises on her face. Uh, her makeup artist testified about helping her cut, like, cover up the bruises and using different, you know, color makeup to counteract the color of the bruise and stuff like that. So a lot going on. Wow. Um, so obviously these are uh, in large part people who are relatively close to Amber Heard. So I, I, I know this is impossible to say for sure, but how credible did you find those testimonies? Yeah, you know, with, with every witness that, that who comes and testifies, you know, lawyers on both sides get a chance to ask their questions. Um, 
and and you know they're all they all uh, you know are grilled relentlessly, and uh, you know the fa- the facts are the facts. And I think I think what's always interesting is you know every single time uh, Johnny Depp's lawyers will say will ask like, did you see Johnny Depp ever hit Amber Heard? And a lot of them will say like, no, I didn't like see it happen right in front of me, but like I saw the bruises afterwards. And you know the jury and we can take that for what it is. Yeah, there's so many things here in terms of what seems to be possibly obvious physical abuse that happened. And then they're just trying to make her look like she was crazy as if that is an excuse for that. Like, can you talk about the dynamic that's being brought on from both sides? Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of like in, in any case, it, this is something that, that um, Amber Heard is alleging, like this is abuse that happens for years. It's, it's, it was physical in nature. It was this whole thing. I mean, really the only way to like, kind of discount that is to say like you know this is all conspiracy amber heard actually they're kind of like each accusing the other of of like conspiracies to cover up their own abuse right johnny depp says i never hurt her amber heard said i only punched him once and it was because in, in self-defense and so if you if you believe like one or one whole story over the other then you kind of have to believe that the other one is engaging in like a conspiracy to cover up their side which i think is why you know a lot of people probably believe the truth is somewhere in the middle and that neither is telling their whole side of the truth but you know there there was something that just nasty regardless whatever whatever the nature the exact nature of it was i just find this whole thing to be kind of like watching a train wreck in slow motion um i'm curious do we know what the trajectory is for this trial how much longer we expect it to go and you know anything like that you can share with us about what you expect yeah, so we're getting more testimony tomorrow, still from Amber's side. Um, Ellen Barkin, who is one of uh, Johnny Depp's former partners, who said who she hasn't in the past said that Johnny Depp hit her, but it, she did kind of testify about how he has like a, a temper and would throw objects and stuff like that. So we're expected to see a, a remote deposition from her uh, probably tomorrow. The trial doesn't meet on on uh, on Friday this week, but it will continue next week and there will be uh, the final arguments are the closing arguments are scheduled for friday of next week the 27th and then the jury will get it um before memorial day and they'll, they'll be then they'll be deliberating right after memorial day so where do you see things landing right now like as a lawyer um and do you think that the jury or the public is getting a bit too distracted by the, I don't know, the entertainment fact, what seems to be coming out as the entertainment factor of it all, including, you know, these rumors about Camille Vasquez, uh, Johnny Depp and her being in a relationship. I mean, there's so much coming out here that is really distracting what we're actually trying to figure out. Well, I I will say that a person who is close to to the Depp camp uh, actually reached out to me a few days ago and specifically told me that Camille is not in any relationship with with Johnny Depp, she has another relationship going on, and she's kind of embarrassed by oh. all the attention. But uh, lawyers can't speak up themselves because of the rules of just like the rules of how they're allowed to engage with the, pu- with the public uh, while the trial is going on. So, for what that's worth, um, I do think that one of the just wild things about this whole case is that you know it's it, there, there, it's a defamation lawsuit, right? Johnny Depp says Amber Heard defamed me by saying that she's a victim of of, of domestic violence. And it's become the trial itself is this whole sprawling thing. We're on like, what? Like it's going to be six weeks now. It's it's really um, extensive, and and I, I do wonder how the jury will 
be able to get their head around it all, frankly. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of been thinking about that a lot. Could, could they land at, like, we don't know? Like, is if no one is fully innocent, but no one's fully guilty, like, where does it land? It's just that you're, uh, Johnny, uh, you know, she's not in the wrong, or because didn't she countersue also? Yeah, she's also filing a counterclaim, which which is, we, we've started to see that be developed um, uh uh, today, actually, a bit more of that, but you know, her counterclaim is that um, you know Johnny Depp defamed me by calling me a liar, and has also kind of like you know with his lawyers and and uh, with actually with an online bot army, kind of like you know defamed me, um, and and that's starting to develop. Although I expect we'll see more of that uh, being developed um, maybe tomorrow and, and early next week. Um, but I, you know, the jury, the standard in a civil lawsuit like this is not beyond the reasonable doubt like it is with the criminal lawsuit it's more likely than not so the 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 i guess i guess the question for the jury is like is it more who is more likely to be telling the truth um or they could conclude you know like they both messed each other up and uh you know neither of them are liable of defamation mm-hmm. um there's a range of, of options here, for sure. Fascinating. Uh, we only have about a minute left, but i got a two-parter for you. First being, um, can you uh, just explain to us why this is happening in Virginia? Because um, we were just talking about that, and we don't know. And uh, the second part is, uh, if you're a betting man, what's your over-under? If you were to guess today how this would shake out, what's your guess? Hmm. Um, I'm going to decline to answer the second question, only because I, you know, in covering this trial myself, I do try to keep an open mind as possible, and I try not to prejudge, and I want to take the evidence as it comes in. Um, so I try not to, like, just put myself in that kind of frame of mind. But for the first part about Virginia, that's a really good question. And basically, um, uh, well, there's two parts to the answer. One is that at a technical level, um, it's over a, uh, an op-ed that Amber Heard published in the Washington Post, which has servers in Virginia, and therefore Virginia has jurisdiction there. But I also think that it's probably likely that um, Johnny Depp picked Virginia because Virginia state laws are kind of like relatively friendly to Bible cases, and they have a, a lot of, like, open access, you know, as you see, as you're obviously you and everyone else seeing the cases being live-streamed. So I think they probably felt like they had the strongest um, possibility of, like, ma- being able to make their case without too many drawbacks to the fullest extent, and also make sure it was as public as possible by, by filing this lawsuit in Virginia. That's, I think that's what Johnny Depp and his team thought. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for all those updates. Hope to have you back. Definitely. That was Jacob Shamsian, legal correspondent at The Insider. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, did the Pentagon just show us a video of a UFO? (gasps) Yeah, more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's a good day when we get to talk about UFOs. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Uh, House panel held the first public congressional hearing on unidentified flying objects. (laughs) I mean. Watch out for your social life, right? Do you ever remember that um, uh, Clueless thing? I don't like things flying near my nose. There goes your social life. (laughs) Um, So it's the first hearing in more than half a century. It happened yesterday with top Pentagon officials saying the number of unidentified aerial phenomena known as UAP reported by pilots and service members has grown to about 400. I feel like I'm assuming these are things that aren't like drones or like, you know, they would know if it's something like that. I will, yeah. But I mean, I think sometimes it's like, you know, newer military technology that's still classified. I think that's at least some of the time. 
That they just don't know about from other people? No, no, no. What? That no, no, no. They know that like it's either American technology or foreign technology that they that's under wraps and they don't want to share that with the world. Well, they said investigators were able to identify one of the 144 reports analyzed in their study of unidentified objects. Well, what did they identify it as? As a large deflating balloon. Okay, but fair. The, so am I, really. The, but. Uh, the others remain a mystery, which is interesting. I mean, what, how many things can float or go in the in the air or the sky? How much have I drank? Uh, here's the thing: the drink. What are you on? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just think that if finally UFOs show up for real, it's going to make all of us human beings get along a lot better. You know, I just think it's. I think that's the solution to like all of our animus. I feel like if at least there was UFOs or like aliens, like maybe would be held responsible or accountable to someone. They'd be like, "You're messing up. We're going to attack you, but we won't if you." just be good people and treat the world better. Yeah, I like to think it's like a Star Trek situation where like all these advanced species are just watching us They're and like protecting Yodas. us. Yeah, yeah and, and like as soon as we're like advanced enough, they'll let us know, hey, there's this whole galactic world out here with people or species that you get to meet now. Yeah, like we've reached a new level in the video game. Yes. Like, okay, this was, you were all put here as a test to see if you could handle all this crazy <laughs> stuff. You can't. But if you could figure out, we'll open up this whole world of like euphor- euphoria. Yeah, I'm not utopia. convinced this isn't a simulation. I mean, that it could be some sort of. I mean, thing hey, like that. I, that's kind of an. Ex- I mean, I'd like to think my life is a simulation some way. Like somebody made, did it, put an effort in on this. Uh, yeah, for real. Come on, <laughs> where are you, aliens? We're waiting. No rush. <laughs> Do you know they just put up um, in space like um, human? They they put up uh, a male a sign of a man and a woman and like a DNA sign just in case like aliens would see it. Oh, good, good. I'm so glad. I, I didn't want them to be confused. <laughs> right? Do you think they understand the binary? <laughs> like they're like, oh my god. They're like, you only have two. <laughs> Right? Come on, basic. Okay, coming up next, we've got what's trending this hour. Uh, Taylor Swift is a doctor. We'll explain more after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yeah, that was some classic Taylor Dane here on Channel Q. Find out how you can hang out with her and all of us at our event very soon. Actually happening tomorrow night. Divas in the Desert in Palm Springs. We'll tell you how to win those tickets in a moment. Uh, but right now, we've got some more show for you. And of course, this is Shira, Ryan Basham filling in for Ryan Mitchell on the show today. We're interchangeable. Yeah. Oh, God. Just like, oh, actually, you're not. You're um, you're fungible. You're not non-fungible. I'm fungible. <laughs> Sorry. Am I? Is that good? <laughs> you just said it. Well, I, I'm stuck with it now. Yeah. You want to be non-fungible. Oh, you know? dang it. Well, uh, coming up, U.S. soccer is officially leading the way around equality. The latest announcement later this hour in 30 minutes. What's behind the rise of the fentanyl crisis in the U.S.? Uh, But first, we've got some what's trending this hour. A federal judge struck down a Tennessee law yesterday that would have required businesses in the state to post warning notices on their public restrooms if they have policies allowing trans patrons to use the facilities that match their gender identities. The ACLU challenged the law in June on behalf of two business owners and uh, now it got struck down. So good on them for making the right decision, considering it is in Tennessee. That judge did the right thing. This is this could go all the way to the Supreme Court, though, so we'll see. Oh, someone could fight back again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I guess there's a pro and con of that happening more on the local level, right? When yeah. it gets struck down, it means someone will bring it to higher yeah, court. Yeah, someone will appeal and yeah. it can go all the way up. 
Now, the House Judiciary Committee held a hearing today on abortion access as the nation awaits a final decision from the Supreme Court in a case that could result in overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, here is uh, what the men had to say or ask. During, What's a woman? Can you answer the question? What's a woman? I'm a woman. I, I'm just saying. So you give me an example of a woman. You say that you are a woman. That Otherwise, a, can you tell me what a woman is? Yes, I'm telling you, I'm a woman. Is that as is a as comprehensive a definition as you can give me? My body, my choice. The baby is not the body of the woman that it's inside of. Abortion care. Who's being taken care of there? Ugh. Uh, again, shout out to the recount who posted that mashup. They're always good at they that. They do good stuff. Yup. And finally, the federal government started taking orders this week for a third round of COVID-19 test kits to be mailed to any U.S. households. So go to that site right now. It is uh, covid.gov. They said that all U.S. households are eligible to order a third round of tests. And so that order contains eight rapid antigen tests. I'm waiting for mine. I put in my order Monday. I guess I should do it. You should. It takes two minutes. I swear it's the easiest thing. Uh, yes. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What have you got for us right now? Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you might like it. Listen to this. I'd like to thank NYU for making me technically, on paper at least, a doctor. Not the type of doctor you would want around in case of an emergency. Unless your specific emergency was that you desperately needed to hear a song with a catchy hook and an intensely cathartic bridge section. Yes, that's Taylor Swift uh, getting her honorary doctorate of fine arts today uh, from NYU. Uh, this is a pretty common thing for universities to give an honorary doctorate to somebody famous, so they'll come give a commencement address. But it's still extra cool because it's Tay-Tay. Um, also, uh, other, in other NYU news regarding Taylor Swift, so NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music also um, did a, an entire course this year on Taylor Swift and her music taught by a Rolling Stone journalist. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? That is very cool. Good for her. I want to be a doctor. Yeah. I, without, I, I guess, the word. I've, exactly. I've always wanted to ha- say I'm Dr. Basham, but it once I realized so how much good. work, doesn't it? But once I realized how much work it took, I was like, let me just get famous for That's something good <laughs> and then have somebody have me in for a commencement thing ceremony. The thing is, both, both sides of the coin here are a lot of work, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, and at least when if you do do a doctorate, you know the amount of years and what it'll take, whereas fame, not so sure about that. I mean, that. you could spend extra years on your dissertation and not know that's what's going to happen that's until you get true, into it. I guess, yeah. There are no guarantees in life, Shira. Thank you for that wisdom. <laughs> okay, uh, and now we have something else going on. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, you know, we, we played into this hour with Taylor Dane. What if you got to hang out with her IRL? Oh. OMG. Okay, so tomorrow night, Channel Q presents our second annual Divas in the Desert concert starring the Tell It To My Heart diva, the one, the only, Taylor Dane. Okay, so it's 7 to 10 p.m. tomorrow night at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa just outside of Palm Springs. Um, Divas in the Desert is a fundraising event benefiting DAP Health and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. It's going to be so much fun. Drag performances. Our very own Mika- very own Michaela Gordon will be uh, doing songs from her new album and topping off the night, of course, will be Taylor Dane. So tickets are on sale now at wearechannelq.com, but if you're calling number five right now, you have a chance to win two tickets. All right, so are you ready to dial? It's 
877-CALL-Q. Again, that's 833-772-2557. Caller number five, two tickets are yours. We just can't wait to watch the switchboard Yeah, I'm just up. saying, we might uh, record you and put you on air. Yeah, no pressure, but if you want to be on no, air, give we, us a call. That will be consensual. Don't yeah, yeah, we won't do it without your... It's a two, okay. <laughs> two-party recording state or something like that. I don't know. Um, all right, coming up next, we're catching you up on the primaries that happened last night. Everything you need to know. And, and more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's good to stay informed. So that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. Okay, love that. Uh, we're seeing finally some equality at the U.S. Soccer Federation. They've agreed to pay players on both the men's and women's teams equally. That is huge. It's unfortunately a historic moment as soccer becomes the first U.S. sport to do this. The first. Right? The like, first. For real. Which means that every sport, like pretty much we all know clearly that men are paid more in every sport than the women oh well in everything than the women yeah i mean wasn't it the republican the other day that said that women don't need to be paid as much as men because they don't do the hardest jobs yeah. come on now yeah let's listen the women's soccer team they do a hard job and they do it well yeah well the u.s women's national soccer team captain megan rapineau and 27 of her teammates actually filed an equal employment opportunity commission complaint for equal pay in 2016, there was a lawsuit then in 2019 accusing the USSF of gender discrimination. They've been working on this for a long time. It's unfortunate that it came down to that for the change to be made. I mean, whatever it takes. That is true. So congrats to the team for this huge accomplishment. Um, so FIFA payments actually totaled $400 million for the 2018 Men's World Cup, uh, $30 million for the 2019 Women's World wow. Cup. So I'm assuming their upcoming games will include much more money, which they deserve. I'll tell you what, though. I chose the wrong profession. <laughs> <laughs> you always say that, but in the end, it's always about like the few people on the top. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm somewhere in the solid, you know, lower middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a lower mid type of person. That's all. Across, NBD. Like, my, the industry I'm in. <laughs> it's all good. You need people in every part yeah yeah to support the top totally and I, and you know what uh thank you for your service shira and i'll thank myself for mine you're welcome top people wait you're top shira <laughs> oh i'm I a saying? bottom or a top you're a i was you're a, <laughs> oh, wait what are you this oh is all God. a mess now all right well overall a big yes queen to equality and people being paid what they deserve yes queen congrats oh my god i can't wait to hear what other industries follow suit and that's our show today we are back tomorrow same time 2 to 6 p.m pacific 5 to 9 p.m eastern live here on channel q so definitely just like add that to your calendar so you remember to listen we've got music we've got the news and everything in between if you miss any of our shows or interviews we post everything as a podcast just go to the odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search let's go there with shira and ryan uh before i say goodbye i want to say thank you to ryan basham for Mm. filling in for ryan mitchell who will be back tomorrow Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm actually going to be off tomorrow, and Shara's going to be here, so we got a little switcheroo. I mean, hey. <laughs> it's a party here. We won't tell them that you and I are running off together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's about it. I'm sending you love and light. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my sign off. I know, but I wanted to say it. Back. Follow Ryan Basham everywhere on social media and stick around for a love line with Dr. Chris for all your relationship and love advice after this. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 